Coming at you live from the 93.7 The Ticket studio in the heart of Lincoln, America. And online at theticketfm.com. This is the Junior Achievement Hour. That's right. Welcome to it. Becoming a Thursday staple here on 93.7 The Ticket, the Junior Achievement Hour. I'm Austin Norman, joined by two more great guests. We're cycling through them here. No repeats. Nobody gets a second crack at it. We got lots of people, lots of stories to tell. Uh, any questions for our guests? 402-464-5685. Be a part of the conversation. Uh, I'm Austin Norman. That's less important. We've got Keeley and we've got Mike here representing Junior Achievement. Um, first things first, I want to shout out Junior Achievement and the golf outing you guys had earlier this week. Uh, the ticket sent a team out there. Jake was in before. I know Jay, Amon, and Strick were out there. How did that go? It was so fun. It was such a great day. Um, pretty good weather for it, so we can really hope for better there. Uh, yeah, we had a really good show out. A lot of really great companies coming out. Um, yeah, it was a really great day. It was good. Mike, were you out there for it? I was not. <laughs> I was not. Was that by choice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a golfer? <laughs> Well, my golf pro says the problem with my game is I'm too close to the ball after I hit it. Oh, understandable. No, no distance. <laughs> there you go. So, again, what was the purpose of the golf event? What, how, how good was it to have everyone out there? Oh, it was great. I mean, the main purpose of having people out there is just getting more awareness for junior achievement. Um, we had a lot of great um, different hole sponsors from different donors, so like Hexagon Agility, Lincoln Industries, a ton of different people were out there that also help us throughout the school year. Um, so some of it was just exposure for those companies as well. Um, but yeah, just raising money for general programming and um, just being together as a big group. That's awesome. So before we get too much further into anything, let's Let's get our audience get to know you. Keely, we'll start with you. Tell them about yourself, how you got to Junior Achievement, your, your journey with it, that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, my name's Keely. I am a program coordinator at Junior Achievement right now. So I've been with them for two years this summer, so kind of coming up on my two-year. Um, but I do everything with education. So um, Kennedy was on here last week. She and I are basically the go-to gals for everything with education. So Recording all the classes, hanging out with the volunteers, and kind of showing them how the programs work. Um, we get to teach sometimes, too, and that's a super fun time. Um, so, yeah, just anything education-related. Lots of student events that happen kind of throughout the year as well. So work a lot with coordinating logistics for that as well. That's awesome. Then, Mike, same question to you. Who are you? How do you get involved with J.A.? Uh, Mike Boland, retired. I got into Junior Achievement back with the Cushman days, Cushman Motor Works, the golf car. We sponsored an after school, which I think Alan talked about last week, how J.A. got started with high school kids making a product. And that was, what, 35 years ago? And they haven't gotten rid of me yet. <laughs> Have they tried? Uh, <laughs> no. I hope not. Yeah. No, we would be lost without Mike. Mike is downplaying it quite a bit. He's taught 16 <laughs> classes this past year alone. 16? So, yeah. He's I don't know if I deal. took 16 classes in my life. <laughs> in the last two years, 31 classrooms, 650 students. Mm -hmm. But who's counting? I go know? into some schools four times a year. Last This May, when I went in for the fourth time, the lady checked me in and handed me an envelope a big manila envelope and inside was all my mail oh my god <laughs> that's funny so what mike what levels of classes do you teach what what age range which generally groups? generally k through five right now okay in about, about seven different schools i spread myself Ooh. out where the, where the need is there you go so yeah let's talk about that need it's not just you know one school you know ja has offices everywhere i learned last week 
But what is the need for volunteers like around Lincoln specifically? Yeah, I mean, we're always looking for volunteers all year. Um, it's really not specific to a specific grade either. So if there is really any grade you could pick out of the hat, and we still probably need volunteers for it right now, um, definitely the middle school and high school kids are a little bit scarier to volunteers. <laughs> I personally love that age range, so it just depends on the person. But, um, yeah, I mean, we need volunteers everywhere, but especially older kids and um, just getting used to that age range is a lot of the need there, at least in Lincoln. Mike, what was it that drew you to the K to five range? Well, <clears throat> at this age, when I come in and sit in the rocking chair and the kids are on the carpet, you know, in front of me, it's like grandpa's coming to read them a story, <laughs> which is basically what it is. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but I, I like it when the young kids, when it registers, when they get it, you can see that the light goes on because of their response, mm -hmm. what it is that you're asking and you get this feedback. Now, it's not always on point, but sometimes when it is, you just got there. <laughs> That's awesome. What's What's been your journey with the curriculum like from when you first started as a volunteer to, you know, this last school year? Have you seen that, that the program itself grow and, grow and expand? Well, in the 30-some years, 35 years or so, it's, uh, you know, it's always changing with the times. There were some programs that I really enjoyed that we don't have anymore. I thought they were, the third grade used to have a thing called the decision tree where the kids got to make uh, decisions. They were given three things. Uh, building was left to junior achievement, and they had to come up with what they could put in. They could put in an animal hospital, they could put in an arcade or an ice cream uh, factory, or an ice cream uh, shop. Mm -hmm. And so you went through pros and cons. We listed all the advantages of having the ice cream there. Why shouldn't you have the ice cream there? It's, you know, it's gonna spoil your, spoil your uh, dinner. Uh, the good thing is it's a nice place to go in the summer. The animal hospital takes care of the sick animals. What's the bad news? Well, it's in the neighborhood and maybe a lot of noise. So you try to go through the pros and cons and let them come up with a choice. Uh, and then the arcade. The arcades like to, it's, it's like to have fun. What's the downside? Well, maybe there's some gang activity there. So what do you think is the one that the class would pick of those three? Ice cream, uh. arcade, pet. Do you know the answer to this? I don't. What, what's your guess? Well, I think it, about it it. What's your guess? Well, I think about it. I, I mean, sheesh. If I had to take a guess out of those three, I would probably say arcade. Seventy percent of all the years that I've taught this, seventy percent of the classes always picked the pet hospital. Wow. That okay. philanthropist. It, yeah. <laughs> it, yes. As much as you would think that they would go for the, you know, the, the easy thing, you know, the, the the whole shot would be the ice cream. They went mm -hmm. for the pet thing. Mm -hmm. But we went through the pros and cons, and you know, third grade—it's just refreshing to see what they, what they come back with. The the fascinating psychology of third graders. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it scares me to get in their little brains, but then they do stuff like that. You know, they yeah, they love their animals, surprise. they love their pets. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's awesome. It gives me hope for the youth. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, on the 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 education side, where you are. What goes into planning the curriculum, you know, for each grade? How do you how do you know where to start with them and where they end up, you know, by the time they get through high school? Yeah, I mean, every program kind of builds on each other. So um, the, the earliest program that kids can do will be in kindergarten. Um, so they learn about choices. It's very, very simple kind of curriculum in that. Um, and then once they move on to first grade, they're talking about their families and what jobs their families have and start making associations with jobs in their community and how their family members are involved that way um, and it just kind of slowly builds community to city to nation 
Um, and then kind of once they get into middle school and all of that is when you go global trading and um, bigger things like that. So it all builds on each other for sure. Um, yeah, and hopefully by the time they're in, in high school and ready to be out in the world, they have a lot of uh, different tools that they can use for um, financial literacy. But How much input in your programming comes from you know people within JA? How much of it is you know business leaders in the community partnering with it? And how much input do you take from your volunteers like Mike that are in there in the classroom seeing what kids can and can't handle? Yeah, I mean, we try to um, have frequent meetings with different uh, businesses that we work with. Um, good example, like even just yesterday, we met with Bison. Um, they're a great company partnership with us, and they cover one whole school just as a company. Um, so we went, met with them and talked about, okay, what did you like about the programming this year? What did you maybe not love so much? Um, so we try to do things like that and adapt as much as we can. Um, since, yeah, they're the frontliners, they see it all the time, what works and what doesn't. So for sure. I was a founding member of the Bison and the All School at uh, Blissa Sacrament. And so it was nice not having taught there for a while. When I retired from Bison, got into doing a lot of LPS schools, but occasionally I'd be called back to do a spot class at Blessed Sacrament. So going down to this uh, think tank yesterday brought up a lot of interesting things about how the programs evolved and anxious to get started or get back into the Blessed Sacrament program. It's a, if they need me, I'm there. Was that a, a JA think tank? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What was that yeah. like? What, what was supposed to be bandied about? Well, uh, Bison's got a lot of factory employees and a smaller office staff. So, and when I was there, we probably it, it, parochial doesn't have the four or five wide classes. Bless the Sacrament, a smaller school doesn't have five fifth grades like I see in the LPS schools. I'm a parochial kid. I've been there. I know okay. it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it was much easier for a smaller company like Bison at the time for me as a program coordinator to find individuals to go teach anywhere K through eight. And sometimes I would take two classes. We just didn't have quite enough. But, uh, Company dynamics have changed, and the amount of people, you know, maybe the white-collar staff isn't as, as big as it used to be, as many, and so we're trying to do a little bit more with less. And we've also, Keely will tell you what we, what we rolled out this year, is a little bit difficult for maybe volunteers of my age. <laughs> take that, take that, Keely. <laughs> so what he's referring to um, this year, I mean, like you said, the programs are always trying to kind of stay with the times and evolving. Um, so this year we rolled out kind of a new delivery method for the classes. Um, so now the volunteers will be using a presentation in the classroom with some sort of handout most of the time. Um, so instead of having all just handouts for a lot of it, you have a kind of a new digital aspect that's involved with it um, and kind of more of a hybrid type of way of doing things. Um, it definitely is a learning curve, I think, for everybody. Um, but, I mean, Mike caught on to it, I think. Um, it's just a matter of getting used to it. Um, we always have a lot of support, so that's helpful too. But, yeah. Well, when we first started, you know, kids didn't have Chromebooks. Now the students have the Chromebooks. And so, and everything is pretty much taught on screen. And so that they can identify with the main screen with their Chromebook. And, of course, they're able to go in and edit and do the answers that we used to do with pencil on paper. So are we saving some trees? Are we being more efficient? Uh you know, the argument is there, pro and con. Uh, do they spend most of their time on their Chromebooks anyway and less uh, with paper in, in their desk? Uh, but yet sometimes the touchy-feely thing has got some learning aspects to it, maybe in the, in the younger grades. 
So uh, we are one of the trial this isn't across the country. We're one of the trial yeah, so, districts to yeah. do digital. Yep, the Lincoln branch out of all of the JA um, branches that are around the U.S., we are one of the first ones to try that method. Um, and it, it really is kind of the way it's it's moving, I think. Um, a lot of the thought behind it is meeting the kids where they're at. So what's familiar and then how do we get them engaged with that and kind of bring new things in that method. Uh, yeah, but we are one of the, the couple that are doing it. I think it's us and one other branch in the U.S. that is trying that to kind of start it out. So, But what JA has done, and for first time the volunteers, as Keeley and Kennedy have put together a wonderful tutorial. So when you are going to do a class a week ahead of time, you'll get an email that lays out what you're doing, your teacher introduction and all of that. Mm -hmm. But then you will be able to click on the tutorial and her voice will go through a multi-screen. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is so wonderful because if you're a little bit not so computer savvy uh, and you have a lap, now you're using the, the, the teacher's laptop and you're mm -hmm. presenting this GA program up on the screen and you're in control of this generally. Sometimes the teacher will do it, but generally you are. But she walks you through it. I mean, it's almost idiot proof. <laughs> you know, in the old days, the tutorial came as a staple handout, and mm -hmm. I used to, and I'm sure the cops mm -hmm. didn't like this, but I used to say you could study for your class at a stoplight. <laughs> that's, that's how well written and prepared the programs are. Uh, but now we've gone to the digital thing. But uh, again, it's anything new is a little bit frightening, you know. You know? For anyone, regardless. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, you know, change is inevitable. Pain is optional. <laughs> type yeah. of thing. There you go. But uh, she really has, she and Kennedy have really helped smooth that. Plus, call them up, go through it. They'll go over it. You know, I've even volunteered, well, before the digital, but I would still, with first time people who don't want to speak in front of classes, get a little bit nervous about that. I've said, come to my class, just stand in the corner, listen to me. Yeah. Or, and I've done this, I'll come with you. You and I will mm -hmm. share the first class. And all of a sudden they go, well, God, if he can do it, not that big a deal. And they're, and now they're signed in. Yeah. Yep. That's always an option. The buddy system is great when people are starting out. I think that's one thing not all volunteers know when they're getting involved. Uh, even for someone like me, when I started working at Junior Achievement, I was terrified to go in and teach a fourth grade class. They're um, scary. Yeah, they're, they're scary. <laughs> yeah, they're intense. Caring but judgmental. Yes. So, I, I mean, even for someone where, okay, this is going to be the bulk of my job, I was still super nervous about it. Um, but yeah, you can go in, we'll, you know, myself, Kennedy, um, we have a lot of other volunteers along with Mike that are always up for doing the buddy system for the first class. And that usually helps a little bit of the nerves too. So we're always up for that. Let's say someone does feel called to, you know, be a volunteer right now. What's the best way they can sign up or, you know, get involved? Yeah. I mean, first, first step for everything would just be going to our website. So lincoln.ja.org. Um, and there is a place that you can sign up to be a volunteer. Um, usually that turns into an email to either Kennedy or myself. Um, and then we reach out from there and kind of get you started with everything. So you get training before everything. Uh, what Mike was saying before, like we'll sit down with you and talk about everything. So it's never going into a class blind and then you're, you're in there and you're teaching. So yeah, a lot of it is just starting with the website and then we, we take it from there a lot of the time. That's awesome. Lincoln.ja.org. If you're interested in being a volunteer, probably not much going on now, probably closer to the school year is when that ball really gets rolling. Yep. 
Okay, so again, lincoln.ja.org. You have plenty of time, but do it now before you forget. Uh, we'll take a break. Plenty more to hit on uh, with Keeley and with Mike for the Junior Achievement Hour here on 93.7 The Ticket. You're listening to the Junior Achievement Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, back to the Junior Achievement Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the Junior Achievement Hour, 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Austin, joined by Keely and by Mike for the night. Um, talking about a lot of great stuff over break, but to, to launch into this, Keely, we'll start with you. You know, pretty fresh out of college, still young. How did you get involved with JA? How did you find that for your career? How did you end up there? Yeah, so, um, I mean, really, like you said, pretty young into my career yet. Um, I did start at another smaller nonprofit before Junior Achievement was there for about a year or so I really liked the nonprofit realm so when I started looking for another position was just looking for something in that um, kind of genre and I've always loved working with kids so um, Kennedy and I always joke around we have the exact same degree from the exact same college somehow <laughs> don't know how that worked um, so I graduated from UNL with a bachelor's in child youth and family studies and a minor in sociology and we have the same one down to the minor which is crazy oh too um, so always wanted to work with kids didn't really know in what capacity that would look like uh, I did debate going into education and being a teacher for a while as well so junior achievement when I had first saw that they were looking for a program coordinator. It was very much a happy medium between, okay, I get to teach and work with kids, but I still don't necessarily do that full time and get to do the other nonprofit work that I had, I really enjoyed. So um, I'd, I would say that's the biggest thing that drew me to it for sure. Mike, you can tell us about your career if you want, but since this is the, the Junior Achievement Hour, I'm going to ask you more about the Junior Achievement side. How did you first get involved with volunteering with Junior Achievement? Well, I've been volunteering for a lot of programs for many, many years. In fact, you look familiar. Have I helped you move? Probably have. <laughs> Potentially. Uh, yeah. But uh, as Alan was talking about last week, Junior Achievement started as a high school group after after hours, and they made products. Now, being Cushman um, a Manufacturing Facility, we took uh, hubs that were used in the golf carts and made them into clocks. Yeah, that was kind of huh. cool. And you buy a, a little battery-operated mechanism. You drill a hole in this. Turn it upside down. It's a bowl, okay, like a cereal bowl. Put a hole in it. Put the clock through. So then uh, we had uh, kids from East Waverly and Northeast, and we had them go and get the logos from their band. And I, being purchasing, got to put the put the long arm on some of my decal suppliers, and they made us decals. And so we sold these clocks with the respective uh, school bands, okay? Huh. And we did quite well. And uh, that, of course, with that kind of success, it led to other things. And then we thought, what's the one item that we probably are missing marketing-wise? Who is everybody in the state? You know, who's their favorite uh, logo? Herbie. So we start doing Herbie Husker. Mm -hmm. I get a letter in the mail from the law department of UNL. <laughs> It's a uh, cease and desist. <laughs> and so, Mike's uh, being rebellious yeah, over here. Yeah. And, so, and so my high school kids got uh, the heartbreak of uh, the thought of being sued. I think they were worried they were minors. I was the one that was worried. I was going right. to jail. But uh, So went through that whole program. And then uh, when Cushman closed, went down to Bison, Nick and Elmer. And they had been Nick had been on a lot of boards. And he came to me first year, and he said, would you like to get back into J? I I know you volunteer for a lot of different things. And I said, sure. 
great, you can start in kindergarten. Now, I just come from starting with high school kids making a product and going and selling at the Gateway Fair and such. How am I going to start with kindergartners? Well, this program is so well written. It starts with, you know, needs and wants, choices, and from there, if you make wise choices, you make wise choices with money. You earn some money. What can you do with it? You can spend it or you can save it. So now you've got some choices. And as Keely said, the program uh, builds and builds and builds on discretionary. How do I spend my money, you know, wisely, enjoy my money and save my money? And the whole thing just, and then I just kept getting more involved and more involved. And now I'm up to, you know, 31 classes, 16 a year. <laughs> Would you have stuck, you know, with volunteering with Jay as long as you did without the training the way it was? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, the, 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 uh, the, the feedback from the kids and, you know, great support from teachers and LPS and parochial. I mean, I, I had, when I went to Blessed Sacrament the first year with Bison, I, I ended up doing kindergarten for 20 years at Blessed Sacrament wow. with the same teacher. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she had been there 29 years, and 20 of it was me within her classroom. Huh. She actually had, uh, she was teaching kindergartners of her kindergartners. Think about that. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, I had a plumber come out to my house this spring, and I said, I got to get going. I got to teach a class here. And they said, oh, you're a teacher? I go, no, I volunteer. I'm a junior chief. He goes, oh, I had, hi, Jay. Okay. So I'm thinking, all right, let's, <laughs> let's work this back. Where'd you go to high school? Okay, went to Pius. Yeah, okay, so did I. Where'd you go to grade school? Uh, I went to Blessed Sacrament. Oh, okay. Uh, one plus one yeah. equals two. So there's a very good chance that this kid uh, working in my basement was one of my students. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was impressed. He just, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I thought funny. it was cool. I thought it was cool. From your side, Keely, you know, putting the training together, being so involved mm -hmm. in that, how important – for you is it to have the training set up for your volunteers to make sure they're comfortable going into it? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. I think we're we're always looking for new volunteers, but we also have a great existing base that we want to keep and um, mm -hmm. want to really appreciate well. And I think part of that is doing our jobs as best as we can and making it as easy as we can. Um, so yeah, making sure the training is easy for everybody, whether you're an existing volunteer or not, that's huge. Um, and it makes it easier for everybody. So if it makes sense the first time, less questions for everybody. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super important to just make sure it's as simple as possible. Mike, you, you had a plea during the break that we need to make sure we get on there. You know, you are the existing volunteer base, but you are noting the importance of, you know, getting younger people in to help meet the kids where they're at. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit? If you remember day one, Tyson was talking about, you know, people like myself and Alan, we can't be doing this forever. <laughs> And in the fourth, fifth, sixth grades, we're getting into technology that some people my age just aren't attuned to. You two can take these kids with the TikTok and the, the apps <laughs> and everything that I can't do that. And so that's why the, the volunteer base that's savvy like that can help these kids. I can tell them and bring them from where we were. I tell them, hey, when I was in your age and sitting in this chair, the moon was just in the sky. When I graduated high school, we stepped on the moon. Now think about that. So when you graduate high school, we're already talking about Mars. Okay. So you know, the envelope is just, the rules are made to be broken, you know, outside the envelopes, think outside the box, everything. We have some tasks in uh, fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, 
where they uh, do a region and they have to come up with a product. Fourth grade. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. We're, yes. And we tell them that this is the area you live in. Come up with products that, you're, that you uh, can make and, and, and be an entrepreneur with. If you live in the Northwest, you've got wood that's available. If you live in Florida, you've got citrus. They, they, they get these little, these little hints. But the one thing we get is uh, uh, when they are, do a hot dog stand and they are uh, they're, uh, challenged because their hot dog supplier can't show up. So they're given three choices. Do you uh, change from hot dog to turkey dogs? Do you give a coupon or do you just shut down? Now they've got choices and they, they break into groups and they think about these things and they come up with some great ideas. One girl said, well, uh, I think we'll just give out coupons all the time. And I said, well, that's a great marketing scheme. People are always going to come back with coupons, but if you're always giving a dollar off, you might as well forget your, first, your, your, your suggested list price because you'll always be giving a dollar off. But if you can do that and undercut, you know, where are you going with this? And she was thinking that way. That was clever. That's a fascinating balance, too, because you, having seen real-world experience in business, knows what works. But one of the great things about kids is imagination. How do you harness their imagination into entrepreneurship? So the fourth grade also has, uh, they get they're put into groups and they have these challenge cards. The toaster. The toaster's been around for 150 years. How can you improve the toaster? Go think. The alarm clock has been around forever. We have problem with uh, people who sleep through, heavy sleepers sleep through. How can we improve that? Uh, we have, uh, how people seem to constantly leave their cell phone and their iPads uh, or iPods, whatever, in places. How can we get them to be reminded? So these kids work on these for about 10 or 15 minutes, and they come up with these ideas. One says, let's put some spiky things on the, on the <laughs> bell. <laughs> you know, okay, well, that doesn't work. Uh, they talk about some kind of a, uh, a ringer that, you know, they'll come up with something that's in your brain that somehow will tell you. I mean, they, I tell them, don't worry about what it might sound like now because, again, the moon was the moon. Now we're, we're talking about living there. Okay, mm -hmm. so come up with these weird, weird ideas. And they do. They, they come up with exciting things. I had one student who was in a different group. And he's a gifted student. And he brought me the next day a schematic. You know what a schematic is? The, like mm -hmm. I said, he came to me with a schematic, brought it to me off to the side. And it was a schematic of this alarm clock thing that had... Uh, transistors and coaxial capacitors and all this stuff that was just super detailed and I thought did I get through to this kid now he probably does this with every every teacher he just amazes <laughs> them but he brought this to me because I had challenged him with this and he came up with this answer uh, the other the rest of the class couldn't have done that but he was hmm. he did it and I, I, was, yeah. I was impressed that's awesome so as we're talking about you know volunteers of all ages that can connect with kids at different places Again, it sound, doesn't sound like there's any excuse because you're all over the city, you can be wherever, you can pick and choose, and you have a support system. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. what, what's stopping you? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Mike, for you, then, let's, uh, let's flip it around to you. Were there any hang-ups for you initially in, you know, volunteering? Well, or what, what pushed you over that edge? I had a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Nick kind of expected his basketball systems to go out the door and somebody had to buy the raw materials. But, no, I've always been blessed with Cushman and Bison with understanding uh, CEOs who knew that I would get the job done but also liked the fact that I made the time to do community things. Mm -hmm. And, of course, now why do I do the 16 a year? Well, because I can. All right? Mm -hmm. I believe in the mission. I have the available time. 
and maybe I take it personal when we can't cover all the classes. Mm. Have you, what do you feel when you go to a store and you walk up to the item that you've been trying to get and it says out of stock? Feels pretty bad. So, I mean, <laughs> we don't want to tell a teacher we're out of stock. In other words, out of help, you know, and we haven't. But we have to scramble, you know, and so sometimes the numbers are the answer. There you go. Keely, when you, when you get volunteers and you talk to them, you're going through training, are there any, you know, common hangups that they have? Like, oh, I'm not sure about this or that. What, what kind of holds people back? Yeah, I think to Mike's point about, why well, I have a job. I have other things going on. I think that's a valid one, being um, a little bit concerned about the schedule side of things. There is a lot more flexibility in that as well, and that's a lot of my job is looking at, okay, what is your scheduling and what can we make work with your existing schedule? Um, we really don't want volunteering to be a burden on anybody by any means. So, you know, there's lunch break hours. We could do that. Um, some of the scheduling will be once a week for five weeks instead of five days in a row. So maybe that will work better. Um, so I think, you know, scheduling is a valid one. Uh, honestly, the biggest thing I hear more than anything is, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm new to this. I've never been in front of the kids and I think a lot of people don't know how much is given to you before you get in there so I've had so many volunteers say well I don't I don't write lesson plans I don't know you know how to do that where you don't have to we show you how to do that um, a lot of it done for you yeah yeah and a lot of it is just the willingness to try and just be there mm. um, especially with the younger kids like they don't know the difference if you <laughs> mess up something small or anything like that so um, yeah, I think just the, the newness of being in front of kids, if you're, if that's not really your wheelhouse is a lot of like the nervousness around it. So if you're feeling that stuff, there are other people feeling the same way. Flip side of that question is, okay, they're in the program, they do it. What do you hear most often about what they enjoy? What was most rewarding for them actually, you know, putting themselves out there and being part of the JA program? Yeah, I mean, the kids. The kids are what it's about. I think the imagination side of it, kind of what we talked about with the entrepreneurship side, I've worked with so many classes where you just see the light bulb flick and it's so fun to just be a part of that and watch kids actually go into that part. Like I know there's a lot of kids I worked with that have said, well, I've never thought about starting a business or doing anything like that. So I think um, them understanding that they could be an entrepreneur is a really big part of what makes it fun um, and just making that connection. So being with a kid that maybe you don't, you know, maybe you're at your office all the time, you don't really get that interaction a lot. Um, it's just fun to make a difference in, in little ways even. So has that been your experience, Mike? Well, I've used some examples to entertain. I will tell the kids, we have a class where we talk about inventing versus innovating. And what's the difference? Are you asking me? I was going to, going to go through it, but I'll go ahead. Okay, <laughs> you're my student. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just couldn't tell. There so you go. Inventing to me feels like something that brand new hasn't been okay. done before, whereas innovating would be improving on something already there. there. Is that fair? Right. Ding, ding, right. Ding. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so I will tell them about a gentleman who didn't invent sugar and a gentleman who didn't invent uh, dry flavorings like a dry jello. Uh, Edwin Perkins from Hastings. You know who he is? Mr. Kool-Aid. Mr. Kool-Aid, okay. The kids in third and fourth grade don't get that until you give me enough clues, and they're just amazed. Uh, what is it that pulls you up a, uh, a ski lift? Do you climb, you know, do you put your skis over your back and crawl up, or how do you get up there? Chairlift. Mm -hmm. Started by a guy who was a Union Pacific engineer out of Omaha. So I start telling them about the things that they're already aware of that just came from everyday people sometimes just coming up with a better idea. 
you know. I, uh, I, I borrow from the runs of people, you know, somebody didn't think about, somebody didn't invent hamburger, didn't invent putting hamburger on a bun, <laughs> but with the spices and molding the bun a certain way, you got something totally unique. And after a couple of uh, guesses, they come up with, they go, ah, oh, it was just that, you just repackaged something and you started a business and that's what entrepreneurship is. That's awesome. We got one final break to take here on the Junior Achievement Hour on 93.7 Ticket. We'll wrap it up with our two great guests after this. You're listening to the Junior Achievement Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, back to the Junior Achievement Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the Junior Achievement Hour 93.7. The ticket, thanks to Keely and Mike for being along for the hour. Again, continuing the train of great guests we've had from Junior Achievement. Again, got to shout out my guys here at the ticket, uh, Jake, Jay, Amon, and Strick going out for the, the golf event earlier this week. Sounds like they did okay, shot under par, which was their goal. I know all of them are competitive, so I'm glad they did that. But uh, another thing we want to hit on before uh, the end of the hour is uh, this thing called a YP board. Who wants to jump in explaining that? Okay, Mike's pointing at me, so I guess it's You're my young. turn. The floor is yours. Yeah. <laughs> You're young. So YP, Hence young. Yes, yeah, young. So YP stands for Young Professionals Board. So um, we have so many great boards that we work with to help recruit and do different things. Mike is on our Lincoln board. Um, so the YP board is more focused towards young professionals in Lincoln. Um, so if, you know, if you're new in your career, fairly, fairly in there, um, we are trying to recruit more people to do that. Um, they, the biggest purpose of the YP board is a lot of fundraising. Um, there's a lot of involvement in all of our events, so they get to, um, come to that. I know there was a lot of YP board members at the golf event that, mm. um, sold like raffle tickets or worked a putting contest and different things like that. So they get to come out and do things with us and they all get to teach a little bit too. So last year they had, I think their goal is 150 classes. They were going to try and fill just within their board. Um, so they they teach all the time and try to recruit within their businesses as well. So um, definitely always looking for more people on our young professionals board as well. Someone's interested, do they contact you? What's the best way to move forward with that? Yeah, I mean, probably the best outlet would be contacting our president, Tony Roop. Um, so I, I can plug her email address. I guess we want to do that. So she's at troop at jalincoln.org. Um, and she'll be able to get you all situated there. Um, but really if you even want to reach out, there's, um, a part on lincoln.ja.org that you can also reach out just about general information. So if you put something on there about wanting to be on the YP board, anybody could reach out to you and talk about it too. So. Lincoln.ja.org, important website to know, bookmark it, keep it down. Uh, to where you go to volunteer, uh, find out about the YP board. Mike, you've been on the board. You're on that. What's your experience been like there in working with other you know, people in the community to you know, further what JA does and make it a better place for the kids? Well, the board of directors has always been uh, people who are concerned about the program, our community uh, activists, and uh, it's a commodity. We we get along. We 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 uh, we feed off one another. Uh, sometimes there are things where we have uh, company, large company, small company, competitive in us versus trying to get something done. We enjoy that. Uh, I wanted to segue back to the the YP thing simply because uh, talk a little bit about STEM. Now, when I was in fifth grade, and I tell the kids we didn't have a STEM program. Were you the three R's? The, the three R's. We had the three R's, but STEM. 
Tell us about STEM. So, I mean, science, technology, engineering, and math is what right. STEM stands for. Um, mm -hmm. We do have a lot of programming surrounding STEM in our our general programming. So um, fourth grade, I think, is when they're initially mm -hmm. introduced to that, and then they build off of that throughout all of the other programs. Um, so, yeah, that's a huge part of our programming now. Um, and, I mean, obviously, we're trying to recruit people that work within STEM companies, too. So um, that's a lot of the YP board members, too, are engineers or, you know, working very closely with STEM skills. But So I use the example about when I was in fifth grade, you know, there was the moon, and now in high school we're standing on it, and how we needed STEM, those four uh, categories to get us a program to get there. The bottom fold of today's paper. We're on radio. I'm holding this up. <laughs> We're and on it, stream too. Hold it up to the camera. Yeah, you're yeah, right. the camera. Yeah. And it says, uh, back in 2017, a report from Dell and the Institute for the Future said, 85% of jobs that will be that will be existing in the year 2030 haven't been invented yet. So these fourth grader and fifth well, graders are going to be graduating, right? sometime in 2030 with jobs that we don't even know are available what they are yet of course now with the ai thing but these kids soak in so much so quick that people in stem uh, businesses and who uh, understand stem so well we need those we need those people to come in and stand up in front of that class and just share their experiences even though they may be young, they've already gotten out of school, but they can talk about just, they've already been out of school a short period of time, but what have they learned? What do, you know, they buy and they sell. You know, these kids, you know, they drive around in the car, they go, to, where does money come from? What comes from the bank? The kids never go in a bank. All they know about is money comes from an ATM. That's all they know about it. And still we start teaching uh, the, the way to spend money and to save money and such. But uh, the fact that, yeah, 85% of the, of the jobs haven't been invented yet. The possibilities for these kids are just incredible. And so we need like minds to help uh, these kids start thinking, you know, beyond the stars. That's awesome. we got just a couple minutes left. I'd like to end with this because I think it's important. So, Keely, from the, the Junior Achievement staff side, what is it that you and your staff appreciate most about your volunteers like Mike? I mean, I think just the willingness to make a difference is the huge, just the biggest thing and the coolest thing to watch. Um, we have a lot of different volunteers, all from different areas and professions, all of very different personalities, and they're all there for the same reason. So I think just the the unified mission of the volunteers is a really cool thing to witness and be a part of, for sure. Mike, same question to you. The volunteers that you've worked with and alongside, what do you appreciate about them and then about what Junior Achievement's done for, for you? I appreciate the fact that we all appreciate the people we're working for. Well, we're working for the students, but we're also working for the leadership team. And I've been through a couple of changes over these many years. You're always going to have changes at the top. But they, they're committed. They've got a passion. And, I mean, the people like the, the Keeleys and the Kennedys and the Tysons, you know, and Tony, you had on uh, weeks one and two. These people are the ones that inspire us to go out and inspire that's awesome. Well, we're out of time, unfortunately. Keely, Mike, thank you so much for being here. 
Great job. Mike, you said you've been on radio before. Keely, for your first time, not so bad, right? Yeah, not too shabby. I guess we made it through. <laughs> you guys did great. We appreciate you uh, being here. And most of all, we appreciate the work you're doing in our community and helping, you know, make my hometown, I love Lincoln, make it a better place with the young entrepreneurs. So thank you for the work that you guys do. We appreciate it. It's been a blast having you on. Uh, this has been the Junior Achievement Hour on 93.7. Take it back with a couple more people uh, related to JA next week. But right now, we uh, keep the ticket weeknights lineup rolling with the debut of Nick and Friends. No idea what's on Nick's brain. Don't know if I want to know. Just kidding. I do. So I'll be tuned into that on my way home. Stick around here on 93.7 The Ticket. More ticket weeknights. Come to your way next.